And our scripture this morning that David will be preaching from is Revelation 21, verses 1 through 6. How appropriate to preach in Revelation the last Sunday of the year. Uh, all right, Revelation 21 from the NIV. If you want to look it up in the Bibles in your pews, you're welcome to. Um, I think they're an older version of the NIV, so it might be just a little bit different. Um, but otherwise, it will be up on the screen. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Oh, I just have response. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. May God's word shape us and form us today. Amen. So yeah, this is uh, the scripture that we chose for this week is near the end of the, the Bible, Revelation, it's the last book of the Bible. And, uh, and this is the end of the new year, but also the start of a new series. And the series is going to be called Hashtag Be Renewed. So, oh, we're, we're a trendy church. We use hashtag in our <laughs> sermon titles. Hashtag Be Renewed. And, um, and it's going to be on the vision and values, the family traits, our DNA. Um, oftentimes, I don't like to talk about necessarily our church's mission and values, because then there's like bullet points. And I think what more encompasses a church is your ethos, right? Like when someone comes, they feel like, oh, this church feels like something, right? It, it, they emphasize this, or they're about this. And there's something about this church that's welcoming or not welcoming or about the poor, about justice, about loving our neighbors, or they're about global missions, or this or that. It's a family church. It's a mega church. It's a rock music, you know, loud band, flashing lights church, or it's a, it feels homey and family-like. There's, there's different things that, um, no matter what the website says the church is about, when you show up to the church, you'll find out within a week or two what the church is really about. And that's what we're talking about. What, what is our DNA? What are the family church uh, traits of Renew? And so um, from this point till Easter, we're going to go through hashtag be renewed. Um, and we'll have each week will be a different, whether it be a value or a trait, hashtag be reconciled, hashtag have compassion or be compassionate, uh, stuff like that. That'll reflect kind of 
what, what kind of family, what kind of church we're trying to be here at Renew. And then, I'm going to give you the bird's eye, and then during Lent, when Lent starts in March, Lent is the 40 days, 40 plus days um, before Easter, um, we're going to start discussing as a church body, not membership, because sometimes when we say membership, you know, you break out in hives. Ah, I don't want to commit to anything, you know? <laughs> Uh, so we're going to recouch that as a family. What does it mean to be in the Renew family and committed um, to the family of Renew? But that's all to say, during Lent, we'll have meetings for anyone who's interested to talk more about what that kind of commitment means. So maybe it'll be you know, every other Wednesday or maybe on a Sunday afternoon here and there, but we're going to talk about that. So... Be renewed. Um, so it's the new year, right? Or the new year is coming in Tuesday. And what do many of us do? Many of us make what? If you can hit the next slide. Make resolutions, right? Right, we make resolutions. And I just want to, you know, you can yell it out or, you know, speak up. What are some of the re resolutions you have for the coming year? Or what are some resolutions you've made in the past? I know you have them. Come on. Sleep. Sleep? Like sleep less? Sleep at a decent health. Oh, healthy sleep. <laughs> healthy sleep. All right, awesome. Anyone else? Anyone else? No? No resolution makers? No, I don't make Okay. Oh, why is that? Why don't you make resolutions anymore? That's that's a good point. Mike, back there, Mike. I would say I want to get fit. I always want to lose weight. Okay, losing weight. That's a big one. That's like survey says. Number one answer. <laughs> We're playing family feud here. Anyone else want to throw one out? I know someone has is thinking about a resolution right now. Mike. Again, I, I, uh, this one I have to follow through with is quit smoking. Quit smoking, okay. Yay! Are you going to vape first and then quit smoking? <laughs> Anyways. Cold turkey. <laughs> Cold turkey. So, if you get to the next slide, um, actually, according to US News and World Report, approximately 80% of resolutions fail by the second week of February. Uh, so the odds are against you, um, to Penny's point. Huh? We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> That's my non-bulleted outline. Um, so resolutions fail. And yet, every new year, it's a time when we talk about resolutions. It's on the news. We get top ten lists. You hear people, your coworkers, your schoolmates your family members talk about resolutions they want to make. Why do we do these? Why do we make New Year's resolutions? And I think we want to do away with bad destructive habits, right? We want to no more, we want to stop drinking caffeine, no more caffeine. We want to stop wasting money. We want to stick to our budget. We want to cut down on sweets and junk food, cut down on road rage, stop office drama and gossip. Stop apologizing when you don't need to, right? 
We want to become our better selves. Be our best selves. Be a better friend, a better spouse, a better mother, a better father, a better son, a better daughter, a better co-worker, even a better pastor. I don't know how that's even possible. Just kidding, you can laugh. We may even make resolutions to be a better Christian. Read the Bible more, pray more, go to church more, get more involved, volunteer, give more, give more. We want a fresh start. We want a second chance. We want to remake ourselves. And these are good, natural desires, right? But more often than not, our resolutions are focused on external end products, right? A strived for goal, a final destination, rather than what I think we truly need and are truly after. What we truly need and what we're truly after is true bona fide transformation, amen? A renewed life, a new vision for this journey we're on that is life. What we're looking for is restoration, right? We're looking for a restored sense of home and belonging. We're looking to feel connected relationally in the places where we feel isolated and disconnected. We're longing for someone to walk down um, walk down with us down the good and right path. We're looking for that guide who is trustworthy. Ultimately, I believe we are longing for the presence of God in our lives. Amen? I think everyone is striving for grace, for a second chance. And the, and the reason why we give up on the second week of February is because there's no power, right? There's no power behind what we're striving after, right? Because really, deep and true renewal and restoration comes from God through Jesus Christ. Grace and forgiveness and renewal comes from God. Amen? Amen. Don't get me wrong. Goal setting is good. Um, challenging ourselves to be better is worthwhile. Otherwise, we wouldn't have congregational meetings or leadership team meetings or, you know, vision strategy meetings. Uh, keep it as an easy, attainable, short-term goal. Right, yeah. But these things, you know, aren't the highest, most fulfilling endeavors we can pursue. In the end, they are just things. And problems can arise when we rely and trust and even worship the things themselves rather than the thing maker. Amen? Amen. And so Margarita asked, why is Wilson up there? How many of you have watched the movie Castaway? If you look at Michael's red band there's, in the dash, there's an actual volleyball of Wilson replica. But in the movie Castaway, Tom Hanks is stranded on a deserted island all alone. And he's lonely, obviously. He's trying to survive, you know, food, water, shelter um, from the elements. But also, human beings survive on also a, a, a relational connection, right? Emotional connection. And so there's this volleyball, you know, his plane crashed. It was a UPS plane, so there are a lot of... He opened stuff up, Christmas presents up, and there was a volleyball. 
um, and he painted his bloody hand on it, drew some eyes and a nose and a mouth. And that was his friend, his companion, uh, that helped him survive, right? And for that period, it helped him cope with being alone on an abandoned island. Right? So here's Wilson. And perhaps if you were alone on an abandoned island, you too would talk to Wilson and hug Wilson and play house with Wilson and kiss Wilson and make promises and covenants with Wilson and look for companionship with Wilson and find love in Wilson. But ultimately, the wind blows and the waves crash and stuff happens in life and Wilson gets carried away by the tide and the waves. And what are you left with? And in the movie, Tom Hanks loses Wilson in the tide and he sees him floating away and he's like, Heartbroken, he's like, Wilson! I'll make a connection pretty soon. <laughs> but at Renew, we value renewal and transformation before mere numbers and, re and relationships before results only. That's what hashtag be renewed means. <coughs> Right? So on our social media posts, whether it's Instagram, we don't use Twitter much, but Facebook, you'll see a, usually a hashtag, hashtag be renewed. And that means anytime there's a picture or an event that represents kind of our ethos of, yeah, God is about renewing things and he's making things new and he's about relationships happening. And we're about the renewing of ourselves and the renewing of our neighborhoods. Right? Anytime we witness that, we say, hashtag be renewed. Because that's, that's us. That's God. That's what, we, that's what we're about. That's what God does around us and in us and through us, in our neighborhoods, in people. He renews things, right? He's about making things new. And he, through Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit, there's real power. There's real change. That happens. Not just February, second week of February, you're done and you're smoking again or you're eating sugar or you're downing your caffeine or you're binging on Netflix, but the real power to change. And a lot of people say people don't change. But in God, people can change. Amen? Amen. He changes things. And that's what the scripture is about. In Revelations, the people of God are living in persecution, right? At this time when John is having this vision and writing uh, these words, um, it's a time of hardship for being followers of Jesus. The church is young and new, um, but the empire is persecuting, persecuting the church. And there's a great battle, and it seems more often than not, that darkness is more present, more intimidating, more powerfully in their faces. People are getting persecuted, are getting killed for their faith. And all of these things seem more powerful than God or God's promises and truth and love and light. But in reading John's vision, the hearers would have perked up and heard a familiar refrain. God's promises, promises his presence among them. Look, 
God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. He will dwell with them. Do you hear the echoes of John chapter 1? Right? The word became flesh and dwelt among them. And this was Jesus, right? the incarnation of Jesus. Once again, God is going to come and dwell with us. And they would have heard the familiar echo of the frequent promise in the ancient scriptures as the loud voice from the throne continues. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. If you were to go back in the Old Testament, several times, repeatedly, the same theme comes up. For instance, uh, Jeremiah 31, 33, but this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and inscribe it in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Amen? That's Jeremiah 31, 33. Um, you can also look up Jeremiah 24, 7, Ezekiel 11, 19 through 20, Zechariah 13, 9. The promise is that God is already here. He's already won the victory, right? Through God, the battle has already been won, and we can know this more fully and more deeply even while we are in the middle of the battle itself. Amen? We remember a couple weeks ago when I was speaking, or last week when I was speaking out of Micah, right? the idea of telescoping prophecy. Right? As Micah is prophesying this saving ruler, right? he's talking in a context, in a historical context, right then. Right? But also, we, looking back post the birth of Jesus, say, oh, he's prophesying the Christ. But we also live it in the future, saying, oh, a ruler and a savior is coming in the future. It has happened. It is happening, and it will happen. That's the telescopic nature of Scripture. And so it is with Revelation. Right? They're in a time, the people are in a time of persecution, are in a time of suffering. And so there's a promise of God saying, I will be with you. Just like the people in Exodus, I will be with you. My presence will be with you. I will go with you. Right? At the same time, the promises of a, uh, the present tense also happens in verse 5. He who was seated on the throne said, I what? I am making everything new. I am making everything new. Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. I am making everything new. Oh, it rhymes. Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. I am making everything new. Right? In this passage, you'll read that there's a past, it has been done. A future, they will be as people. God himself will be with them. Right? Verse 6, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water with cost in the spring of water of life. 
At the same time, I am making everything new. Why is this important? Why is this important? So, growing up, I mean, how many books and movies and graphic novels and posters with lions and bloody sheep have been gleaned from the vision of revelations in the Bible? I remember growing up and being anxious about the beast, <laughs> the Antichrist, whose number was 666, and he would come and put 666 on our foreheads, right? And the rapture would come where true believers would get zapped up, right? Wow. Their friends would be left behind, right? And there's the series, Left Behind. Right? And, you know, in church we'd watch these movies that would, like, make you afraid, like rapture movies. And, like, people, like, mothers would be raptured up to heaven and the kids would be left behind. Or, or, or is that reversed? The mothers would be raptured up to heaven and their clothes would be like left on the ground. It's like, help me, Obi-Wan. Don't go. <laughs> um, but the theology of the end of all things that clings to the things rather than the presence of God will focus on the destination, the goal of heaven and put us in a place where, in practice, we're just merely waiting, right? We're waiting for this world to pass away and, until heaven comes, until we're taking up to that good old heaven in the sky. And it has nothing to do with our present context. But this is not what the scripture says. It says, I am making things new, present tense, in process, the journey. God makes things new today. God is working in our world today. God is renewing and restoring today. In the midst of tragedy, in the midst of war and strife, in the midst of injustice and oppression, in the midst of children dying, innocent children dying in prisons for no reason, God is at work renewing and restoring. Even though human beings are desecrating the land and abusing the resources, right? God is striving and striving and striving to give new life into the land, right? To restore the land. Communities are broken. Families are broken. Relationships are broken. And he want, he's working to reconcile. And part of the way he does that is he raises up a church of people unto himself that go out like ambassadors that are reconcilers, that are about reconnecting people, restoring the land, restoring communities and neighborhoods through love and compassion and forgiveness. Amen? Amen. And we become renewers and restorers because we have been renewed and restored and made new, present tense, real time, today by God, dear Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Now, not tomorrow when I die, Right? In our passage, heaven comes down. And God chooses once again to dwell among us. John sees a new heaven and a new earth. And God promises the end of death and mourning. Future tense. Yes, we have something to look forward to. A complete newness and restoration of heaven and earth. 
where there will be no more sorrow, no more pain. Right? That is yet to come. But now, we also have a foretaste of that. Every time we witness a miracle, every time we see Christ's love go out, every time we are transformed by the Holy Spirit, we are experiencing that newness. Right? God making things new. Amen? He is both past, present, and future. Past, present, past, present, and future. Everywhere that God is present, these things are true. We are saved. We drink. Our tears are wiped away. We are being made new, and we are invited into God's very present, real-time work, and making things new in our world today. Amen? Making a difference in our world today. Jesus is relevant in our world today. Jesus is working in our world today. And Jesus is calling the church to be relevant in the world today, to make a difference in the world today, to come into the pain of the world and the darkness of the world and be make a difference and be a light, be Christ's ambassadors, be a reconciled community, be ambassadors of renewal ourselves because he loves us and has renewed us. Amen? And that's the core of our vision statement. We are renewed by God for the renewal of our neighborhoods. We do have a website with a vision statement. Renewed by God for the renewal of our neighborhoods. And that is hashtag be renewed. That comes out of this value and this ethos of we believe that God is working today to renew all things. And he wants that. He wants to do that. Amen? Amen. It's, more than, uh, it's more than a transactional salvation that we're looking to. Like, boom, 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 in the end, we'll go to heaven. God is heavening. God is heavening. Uh, this is why our church is named Renewed. Renew. Because we believe that God renews. We believe God is renewing our hearts daily and he's renewing our neighborhoods, our families, our cities, and nations. And this is way more than a New Year's resolution. New Year's resolution is but a shadow. It's our, our longing for this same, we know. Our hearts and our souls are built to want restoration and renewal. We're looking for grace. We're thirsty. Right? Have you ever had cotton mouth? I used to have cotton mouth. I wrestled in high school, and I would spit a big gulps through the day to make weight later that night, I would spit two uh, of the big gulps of saliva to make, Nancy's like, that's really healthy, <laughs> of saliva to make weight. I would lose literally four pounds, right, uh, just over the day from spit. And then you'd put garbage bags on you and sweat. But by the, the problem with that is by the time I hit the wrestling mat, you know, and lost like six pounds, through the day, I was so parched, so hungry, and so weak, like, by the second period, I was just burned out. 
right? And I'd have this cotton mouth, like you can actually, like my mouth would open, but you know, these spidey webs of white saliva would like still connect them. And I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> That's thirst, right? That is thirst. And look at the end of our passage. It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost in the spring for the water of life. Church, friends, family, we are thirsty. We want water without cost. Our friends out there, our neighbors, the people around us are parched. They're looking to be renewed. They're looking, looking for new life. They're looking for sustenance. And this is God's words to us. I am the Alpha and Omega. Right? He's like, He's like the best rapper. I'm the A to the B to the C to the D all the way to Z, right? Little G had nothing on me. I am the A to the Z. That was cheesy, but we'll go with that, right? I am the beginning and the end. I am the past, the present, and the future. I am everything. I surround everything. And I am the source of life. I am not the thing. Stop turning to the thing, but I am the thing maker. Amen? Stop turning to your Wilson! 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 I need life. That's mine, the cell phone. Wilson! Wilson! Right? Wilson is floating away. It's the thing, not the thing maker. And in this new year, turn to the creator who makes all things new. Amen? Amen. So, as Paul comes up and uh, leads us in our next song, the question I'm going to leave you with is, how do you need to be made new by God right now? How do you need to be made new? How do you want new life? What are you asking of God to make new in your life? And uh, so we also have this bowl of water. And the idea here is to come forward as you will and come to the bowl of water and touch it with your hand, feel the water uh, as a, a symbol of the spring of life, the water of life that um, in our passage is given to the thirsty without cost. From the spring, the water of life without cost. Come and drink freely. Come and drink freely. And um, do what you want. You can fill the water through your fingers um, just to have a tactile kind of example of the living water. If you want, you can touch it to your lips. We'll see how it goes. Um, but, uh, and then I'll, you know, I'll transition to the next one.